You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And we know that Dallas and Miami are good teams, but are you surprised at how big the gap seems to be these last two weeks? Um, I'm disappointed that it looks that way. I really am. Uh, ben Standig joins us right now. He is our Washington insider, uh, writes for The Athletic, just like the man who you heard ask that question, David Aldridge does. I would recommend for guys like David and Ben to read them and everybody else that writes for The Athletic that you subscribe to The Athletic. I'm a subscriber, and it is totally worth the couple of bucks a month. At uh, Ben Standing on Twitter, he's got a podcast as well that you can find anywhere you get a podcast called Standing Room Only. Um, you know, he's disappointed that it looks that way, but it is that way. Like, you, 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 you I'm disappointed that it looks that way. I really am, he said, but it, it's, it's not that it looks that way. It is that way. How did we get to the point where there's such a massive difference between Washington and the better teams in the league? Well, uh, great question. And one, obviously, we're all going to be pondering. And certainly, to some degree, the new owners, you know, possibly will as well to avoid mistakes. You know, I was talking about this with somebody yesterday. So they have, if you look at the season, it said, what was Washington's best game? Right? Because even last couple years, right? I mean, Carson Wentz in week one, they they looked really good. He threw four touchdown passes. Taylor Heineke over his two years at starting, you know, there were games where like, hey, you know, Washington played pretty well. What would you say Washington's best game was this year? Uh, uh, the, the, the loss at uh, Philly. The loss at Philly. Right the, right, the loss at Philly. None of the four wins that they actually had right. were like, wow, that looked really good. Well, right? actually, I mean, the Denver were, game for the last two and a half quarters looked really good. The, the, yeah, the Denver game is as close as it comes, and even yeah. that one almost was catastrophe at the end, and they were trailing right. significantly at the start. But my point is that, like, I guess if we're being honest, we you know collectively overvalued, overrated what they had because it really was never quite in in sync. I think a lot of it, you know, look obviously the coaching staff, there's questions there, but I really think you know the personnel was just not nearly as good across the board. As uh, as we would have thought. I mean, that's what's so ironic about this season. Sam Howell, you know, has largely played fine. You know, a couple you know, yesterday certainly wasn't his his best game, and the pick sixes are getting out of hand. But by and large, he's played fine. Every quarterback's going to have a few clunkers, especially a guy in his first year. It's just that everything else around them has fallen apart. Uh, obviously, you could probably say that trading Young and Sweat has, you know, led to things getting more out of hand, uh, but that's a organizational decision that I don't really have an issue with because the point for me at that exact moment was 
this thing is going nowhere. Accept it. Don't limp into like a middle of a pack finish. Build for the future and see what you can do now in the interim. And that's what they did. And then, of course, you know, John Allen and Deron Payne haven't like taken their games up a notch without those guys. So I just think collectively they, uh, the roster, just the town overall, this is not what was, um, yeah, I think believed to be the case beginning of the year. I, I will say another friend of mine pointed this out to me or reminded me of this. You know, the over-under at the beginning of the year by they, by oddsmakers, was like six and a half. Right. This was not being viewed as a team no. that had a lot going for it. Now, I think obviously a lot of that was because of the Sam Howell uncertainty. It, that was a whatever, big part whatever. of it. Yeah, for, for for sure. But, you know, whatever it is, you know, they're obviously, I don't know if they're going to go over at this point. But, you know, there, there were a lot of concerns. Um, but, yeah, there, there's a lot of reasons that went into this. And I just think overall the, the, how the, you know, the, the roster building just did not go nearly as well as um, I think it seemed like it was going to be at times. Yeah, I, I, I just, like, last year this was, you know, and I, there really is not a massive difference in kind of the teams played last year versus the teams played this year in terms of the way they were constructed, quarterbacks. The 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 six and a half over under number in Vegas before the season started was solely because of the uncertainty at quarterback. There isn't one odds maker that would have told you that they they made it low because they predicted that the defense was going to be this bad. The defense was a top ten defense last year by every almost every advanced metric, and so you know at the end of last year we're saying look. They're pretty good on defense, certainly good up front. They got better in the secondary. You know, we, we talked a lot about some of their players in the secondary. Did it make sense to sign Cam Curl? Uh, could they, did, did they have the ability to do that before new ownership took over? Oh, by the way, you know, they're playmakers. You know, that, that group of, of receivers and pass catchers, top 12, top 13 in the league. By the way, it wasn't just a, a local parochial kind of view. It was... You know, it, 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 some of the rankings of the wide receiver units had Washington in the in the top third, top 13, 14 of the league. Um, and so we went from a roster that looked promising with major questions about the offensive line and quarterback to now viewing the roster as pretty much across the board subpar, except for a quarterback that has a chance to be maybe – you know, a starting quarterback in the NFL. Ben, right now, who's your vote for Offensive Player of the Year? Yeah, I mean, I guess I would have to go with Sam, right? I'm not sure. The only other player... It's Sam or or Brian Robinson Jr. Those are the only two candidates. Yeah, no, for for, for sure. I don't see how it could be um, anybody else. I mean, I, I think I've mentioned this to you before. If you look at, like, sort of the starters or the main players... Other than Brian Robinson, on the either side of the ball, I am hard-pressed to find somebody who has ascended, who has who has just clearly improved or, or, or changed the view of them as a, as a player, as a prospect, more than him. I'm not counting Sam Howe because there was no baseline previous. Um, that That is – and look, I mean, obviously, like I said, part of this has got to be about coaching too, right? They fired the – That's where I'm headed with coach. this. <laughs> right. I mean, they fired the defensive backs coach um, – who you know had you know very minimal 
NFL or, or and had zero high college level experience prior to joining Washington in 2020. Brett Wieselmeyer was a high school coach the previous year before becoming the assistant DB's coach. And then this year he's elevated to the top, top job. And that secondary, which to me was a huge key in terms of thinking could Washington elevate this year overall was because of what we saw last year with that young secondary improving. And then this year, just collectively, they all seem to go backwards. Emmanuel Forbes and Quan Martin, you know, really have not had uh, <clears throat> good years to say the least, or, you know, uh, as rookies. So, yeah. And then, you know, obviously the offensive line just hasn't, has ever quite gotten there. There's a new wide receivers coach. That group has been off. Eric Bieniemy. you know, obviously there's been some good things, but in terms of utilizing that receiver talent, that's been a struggle all year. So, yeah. With that, and then obviously Jack Del Rio gets fired um, as well. So certainly the coaching has got to be a, a major factor in this discussion for sure. Yeah, because if we assume, like just focused on offense, the, the defense has been a massive dis- disaster. And basically the only changes is they lost Derek Forrest and Bobby McCain, right? Am I thinking of anybody else? And then they traded Sweat and Chase Young, you know, at the, at the trade deadline. Uh, Cole Holcomb. Did you just say Holcomb? Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Um, offensively, nobody thought that they were really – we, we emphasized that they didn't do enough with the offensive line, but it's not like the losses of Norwell and who was the guy from Pittsburgh that sucked? Trey Turner. Trey Turner. It's not like last year's – like anybody thought that the offensive line this year was going to be any worse than it was last year. We were upset that they didn't upgrade more. And I think we'd all agree that from the quarterback position, they've got more potential at the quarterback position overall this year. So, you know, and the offense has played well at times this year. I'm not saying that it's been anywhere near the level of disaster, but I don't know. It, there's It's crazy how we looked at this thing, and not just us, but anybody looked at this thing and said before the year, you know, they, if you want to, if, if you, if you had a, if you had the view, yeah, they're not going to be as good as they were defensively because they still don't have the major playmaker anywhere. They don't have the turnover maker anywhere or whatever. Or you had the view of, of the offense, you know, look, I, the quarterback, who knows, but they, nobody disagreed that they didn't have decent playmakers. Terry McLaurin is not having a season, a season in which he's not even being featured. Why not? Um, well, it's a, it's a, you know a, a good question for sure. But look, I mean, last, you know, look, he is, Terry McLaurin has never had a what anybody would consider to be like a, a legit NFL high end starting quarterback, and yet he's always been able to produce primarily, well, all, exclusively. Well, let me take that back. Primarily with Scott Turner the first year under the Gruden Callahan situation, and now this year. And I, I remember saying early on, and even asking Bianami this are you sort of leaning on the Kansas city system uh, uh, a lot in, early in the year, which was, you know, uh, Travis Kelsey, the, the Kansas city never invested a ton in receivers, certainly post Tyree kill. I mean, yes, they drafted Tyree kill in the second round, but by and large, you know, kind of, we see what they have this year. They, they sort of mix and match um, pieces, figuring that between Kelsey and Mahomes, they can figure out, the rest and with Washington, it's clearly the other way. The, the, the strength is the receivers, and yet it, it has never the offense has rarely played to that strength. So I think, you know, 
look, and maybe it's Sam Howell throwing where he's more comfortable and it's not been to the receiver as, but, you know, that seems slightly unlikely, um, you know, broadly to this degree. So, yeah, I, I think that the coaching has got to be a huge thing. And here's the thing also, right? You know, we have seen games in all sports. There's nothing I like more than, like, in, you know, watching a team be, you know, shorthanded in some specific way, like in the basketball, you know, your big men are hurt or in foul trouble or you don't have a point guard or something, and you have to find a way, how do we make this work? And then you see these creative ways that coaches do that. I just never have felt here that this is a the creative group in, in that regard. And, and I think that also applies to the personnel decisions. It's, it's been pretty rare to see them make a move that wasn't just pretty, you know, sort of straightforward, um, you know, not, not a ton of creativity kind of anywhere in the organization it's felt like. Um, and then I don't know if this is not a Monday morning quarterbacking situation for me. It's just this is the end result of it, that after four years of these decisions, or almost the end of four years, it has led to this where they are just getting, uh, you know, curb stomped like every game right now. And it's, you know, it, it's wild, wild to see. Yeah, really wild to see. Ben Standing is joining us. So what what did Ron do yesterday? Did he call the plays on defense? Yeah, my my understanding is he called the plays, but it was linebacker coach Steve Russ who signaled the man or call or you know, talked them to Cody Barton uh through the through the headset. It's uh not that you would remember this, but on Wednesday last week I took a picture of Rivera at that first practice and it's Steve Russ next to him. Um, Steve Russ is like sort of talking to the, to the uh, linemen and linebackers with Rivera there. So that's the way they did that to my understanding. Um, okay. Uh, so the evaluation of Sam Howell, which we've all sort of focused in on as the most important thing, you know, since at least that giant loss, the second giant loss, uh, how did you he played yesterday? Eh, I mean, you know, look, I, he obviously had a pretty good game with his legs. Uh, not only the, you know, certainly the, he had the two rushing touchdowns. The second one was, a you know, a, a, an impressive uh, run through the Miami defense. And he made some good off-schedule plays as well using his legs. Um, but, look, I mean, the, the turnovers are getting to be too much. The pick six, uh, you know, credit to Van Ginkle on Miami for, for doing his homework and understanding um, what 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 was about to come, and he obviously read that perfectly. He said post game that he recognized when Andrew Wiley does a certain kind of movements that it means you know X is about to happen, and he clearly gets right. So you know what that's not saying that's per se on Sam Howe, but whatever. Three three weeks in a row, three pick sixes is uh, no way to go through life. So you know I I think it's been fine. I, I will just say that you know fine is probably not going to be enough for whoever is going to be evaluating this next especially if this team right now they're projected to have uh, the fourth pick, although they have one more game than the Bears, so I'm not sure what that means if the Bears lose next week, whoever who are at five. But, you know, fine is not going to be enough. You know, when, when, you, when whoever comes in and is going to take control, but this quarterback decision is going to be top of their list, obviously, right? And they're going to want to make that right. And if you don't think that Sam Howell, you know, for, for all of us who've been – on the Sam Howe thing for the last couple of years, watching this, seeing him develop. It's interesting, right? It's, 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 it's a guy that we've been watching. If you're new, he is just another name on the piece of paper. And you've got to see what, what what's going to be more interesting for me, this guy who's fine potentially, or versus somebody over here coming out of the draft who we think is a, uh, 
yeah, you know, we're, we're grading as like a top three, five pick. That that is going to be a big difference. So I don't think fine is necessarily going to be good enough. Uh, and, and you know, he's still got tough tough games down the stretch here. Still interesting. Uh, you know, if they started him next year, I wouldn't think that was a disaster. But you know, the more the season goes on, I think the more you know, the, the less confident I am that that's going to be the way it is. All right. Yeah. So, so two questions here. Um, first on, on Sam, uh, what, if I told you, you had to wager one way or the other, Sam is the absolute number one quarterback. They don't draft anybody. They just bring in, you know, a veteran backup. Maybe it's Brissett for a second year, or they make a big move at quarterback in the draft or elsewhere. Which of the two would you wager on? I mean, Obviously, I can play the whole game. I don't know who's you know. You got to tell me who's making the calls. Blah blah blah. Well, I'll just well it's going to be a new gene, right? We we don't know that. It's going to be a new general right. manager. Just w- w- if you had to wager today. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm saying that, but like what I'm saying is that like Josh Harris, you know, when he's doing the process with the with the Sixers, the the point of the process is to get the best talent, you know, as many picks as possible because you're going to screw up and then obviously simultaneously try to get the top picks because that's where the better players tend to be. The equivalent for the NFL is quarterback, right? The, the, right. the NBA doesn't really matter the position. The NFL is about quarterback. And based on that, I would think that Josh Harris's lean is going to be to somebody he thinks, you know, is, is in that same vein. So I'm going to guess right now, if I had to bet that he would, they would draft a quarterback because, you know, again, Sam Howell is interesting, but you know, that it, what's the ceiling there? I, I don't know that you can say from what we've seen, Sam Howe's ceiling in theory is going to match that of a guy that teams around the league think is a top, you know, five pick. Now, if you get past, you know, you're a college guy, if you get past Caleb Williams and I guess Drake May, I don't know where we're at at that point because then, you know, so if they're picking outside the top three and those guys are gone, then maybe it is back to Sam Howe because I don't know if there's another quarterback that everybody's going to say has to get picked that high. But if they can get one of those first two guys, I would say they're, they're going to do that. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I would wager actually heavily right now that quarterback ends up being a major focus for this team uh, in the April 2024 draft. And again, if they weren't able to land that quarterback, um, you know, and they had to just then choose to build around Sam Howell, I don't personally think that that would be the worst thing but I think a hundred percent they they should be focused on this upcoming draft and to me and Denton and I have talked about this for me after Caleb Williams it would be Jaden Daniels personally um and I think he'll end up being in the top 10 by the time we get to April uh the second question would be this same question Eric Bianami um uh, you got you got a wager on him being back in any role or not not I don't, I don't, I don't see it. I, I, I don't, you know, I, look, I think I don't, I don't put the onus on what's happening at the, the season on the, on the first year coordinator here who, you know, kind of stuck with the system, he, you know, other than, you know, a couple of maybe players like Andrew Wiley or Byron Pringle, he didn't really have any say in, in the roster. He just, he just showed up. Right. And he's got to in, in, install a whole new deal. He, he's got to recognize the pressure, whether he wants to acknowledge it publicly or not. But, you know, all that said, it's not like I've seen enough to say, wow, this is the second coming of uh, Joe Gibbs uh, or, or, or some other noted Or Shanahan or Mike line. McDaniel or, yeah. Yeah, so I, I don't see it. And, again, like, if you're going to start over, if you're moving out Ron, 
the only way that it would make any sense for BNME to stay would be if the person who's then hired uh, either as GM or presumably head coach is somebody that knows BNME already. Um, other than that, I, I just don't see it. I saw someone, I, you know, I've seen the argument, well, if you change out BNME, now Sam Howell has to learn a new system. Yeah, well, that's just the breaks. I'm not, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to uh, leave a coordinator for that reason. Right. Did we lose Ben there? You still there? We did just lose Ben for a yeah, second. We just, yeah, we just, got, uh, we just lost him. He'll probably call back in. No, I mean, we're not talking about having watched a year of, you know, brilliance in, coordinate, in coordinating an offense and quarterback play where you're like, oh, my God, okay, so he may not be a head coach, but we want to keep this thing together. I, I'm completely with Ben, and I would also wager on enemy if I were forced to do it today, not being a part of what the next regime uh, has in it when we get to it. Um, I did want to mention real quickly that the injury or yeah, the injuries yesterday really were Brian Robinson's uh, Brian Robinson Jr.'s hamstring injury. No timetable given yet on that injury. Probably we'll learn more when Ron speaks today. But that injury report presented by the Centers for Advanced Orthopedics. More physicians, more locations, more advanced care centered around one thing: you. Visit CFAOrtho.com. Did he call back? Do we have him or not? Yeah, he's back. Okay, because I, I did want to finish with this because we lost you there for a second. Um, yeah. Even after yesterday, as bad as it was, you don't see anything happening with Ron between now and the end of the season, do you? I don't. Um, you know, uh, no, that, that was sort of the – the column I wrote uh, after the game for the athletic was, was on this. I know it's the number one topic for so many people at this stage. Why not just get rid of him? What's the point? Uh, you know, I mean, wh- wh- I don't know what people think is going to happen. I, it feels like to me the only reason justifiably people want Ron out is for the sugar high of saying, get out of here, right? I, I, there's no I – get, I get it. It's been a mess. Uh, this week in particular, I mean, last week at least it was competitive, so, at least by the scoreboard until – the start of the fourth quarter. This game was over by the third play. No, and this this one even before that that's why in Ben, not to interrupt, but I mentioned early in the show that this this idea that he he put out there that this game was kind of about two plays, the two big plays to Hill. They basically had thirty eight early in the third quarter and could have scored sixty if they had wanted to. But they put in backups. They took their foot off the pedal. I mean, that's a delusional take by the head coach. I would imagine today he'll have a far different view. Uh, now, he may blame it on a lot of young player mistakes, but that was not a two-play game. No, when you asked me uh, to make a prediction, a score prediction on Friday, and I was like, oh, I don't see any chance. And the only reason I, I, I went 38-13, and the only reason I didn't go for 45 like last week was – because I figured Mike McDaniel, who had said some nice things about Ron this week, you know, might take take his uh, foot off the gas once they got ahead, which essentially he did. It was, it was also the defensive touchdown in the, in the mix. But no, 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 this was definitely not not that. Um, but look, I, you know, here's the thing: if Sam Howell is the number one topic for the rest of the year, in my humble opinion, beyond hopefully guys that you want to keep are, are healthy, the draft pick is the next thing. And if this is the way it's going, I, you know, I'm not an advocate of tanking in the NFL. I don't think it really makes sense, but you're there. Like, again, tanking does not mean the players and the coaches don't try. 
I'm just saying let the things run its course. They are losing, and at this point, getting that top pick as best you can is is the best thing they can do. So I wouldn't change a thing, and I believe that's the way the Harris group is looking at it. Again, we'll go back to those trades of Sweat and Young. You know, th- there was forward thinking there. It's something we have not seen a lot of here, and I think the forward thinking here is play it out, get the best draft pick you can, and then go from there. Well, look, there isn't a game on their schedule they'll be favored in, including the Jets on Christmas Eve the rest of the way. They'll probably be a short underdog there um, as well. So, you know, and Arizona New, Arizona won yesterday. New England and Carolina did their best to win. They have the fourth worst record right now, the fourth pick in the draft if the season ended today. It could improve. I don't see it getting much worse. I mean, seriously, of the final four games – I guess it's possible Dallas has nothing to play for in the season finale and they win a game there, or maybe they beat the Jets on Christmas Eve, but they're not going to beat the Rams. They're certainly not going to beat the Niners. That's going to be another name-your-score situation for the Niners. By the way, Kyle may not be as as merciful, although Dan's not here anymore, um, so maybe right. he will be. Uh, but this has four, thirteen, five, twelve written all over it, which is top five. Maybe four, thirteen could be top three. Maybe no worse than top four. Hey, go Arizona, uh, New yeah, England, one. Carolina. I was I was rooting for Carolina and, and New England. Well, I, I actually bet New England. I was the idiot that did. I bet Carolina too. They actually covered, um, and I bet Arizona too, and they won outright. Uh, so two of those three worked, but. Um, they're going to be in that position where it would be irresponsible considering what we've seen from Sam Hallam 13 games, which has been largely decent over, you know, indecent, but it would be irresponsible if quarterback isn't, you know, investigated seriously uh, if you're in, in position to draft um, somebody in the top three to five. For sure. I mean, Paulie said it earlier. He's not even against, if you're in that top five, making a move up to number one to draft Caleb Williams. Nor would I actually be against that. You know, assuming all the due diligence on Caleb and everything about him turns out to be okay. Anything else you have? Well, I I mean, again, you know, I I know there's going to be no convincing people who just want, you know, Ron out yesterday because that's just what they want. Like I said, after the Del Rio firing, it was the Del Rio firing to me was the official beginning of the Josh Harris era. It is about moving forward and looking ahead. And if you have that mindset, then you should understand why the draft pick is what matters far more than getting rid of Ron and whatever you think is going to happen for the rest of this year happening. Right. The rest of this year can only hurt them going forward. And if your goal as a fan is for them to succeed, you want them to have the pick. And, again, it's not to say that the fourth pick, if they use it, say, would be better than somebody they could get in the fourth round. It's to say you get to go to the grocery store fourth and shop for whatever you want, even if that means trading down or whatever. The, the, the worse you go, the, the further you go back, the fewer options you have. It's just as simple as that. Makes no difference to me who's coaching now or who coaches these final four games. It's not about coaches now. It's about coaches and GM. Uh, in the future. Uh, and to your point, yeah, at this point, it's been, it's relatively early, even for this franchise's fan base to start rooting for the best draft position. But I think that's a hundred percent 
what we uh, should hope happens. That Sam, you know, develops, plays well, but they lose, you know, 35-31 each week. And we didn't get that yesterday. And I don't think we're going to get that much anyway the rest of the way. All right, good job. Appreciate it. Talk to you soon. Yeah, man. Ben Standing, everybody, at Ben Standing on Twitter. Kevin Sheehan Show, the Team 980 and the Team980.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The biggest plays and clutch moments. Time to go around the NFL. Looks left, now middle throws, caught. Broken tackle by Debo Samuel, runs for a first down, 30, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown! San Francisco! Wow. I mean, what's crazy about that game, and I I don't know about you guys, but come on, man, I kind of checked out in the fourth quarter. I went to a lot of red zone. Um, and watched what was not a good one o'clock window at all, but there were some competitive games like, uh, Denver, Houston, uh, Detroit, uh, New Orleans, but I was there for the beginning of San Francisco, Philadelphia, and man, that was an odd start to the game considering how they finished because Philadelphia actually opened up the first quarter dominating the Niners. They drove it down the field. They got stopped in the red zone, had to kick a field goal. They forced a three-and-out quick punt. They drove it down the field, got stopped again in the red zone, kicked another field goal at 6 nothing. forced another three-and-out punt. And by the way, the three-and-outs to start for San Francisco Denton were like negative yardage. Like It was like, oh, my God, Philly is done. They had minus six yards, the 49ers did at the end of the first quarter, the fewest amount in a quarter since Kyle Shanahan became the 49ers coach. 
And then in the second quarter, there was a third down play where Purdy found Kittle and he just barely got the first down. And then the floodgates opened. And what I realized in what became an onslaught the rest of the way, because touchdown, 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 okay? Six straight drives for the 49ers, the end of the first half, the four to start the second half, all touchdown drives. They were unstoppable until until they ran out the clock at the end with a couple of handoffs and the clock ran out. It was so impressive what they did. And there are a couple of things that stuck out to me. Number one is, we talked about this. We talked about it in the two games that Washington played against Philadelphia. Yeah, the matchup against the Eagles, for whatever reason, with Washington's been favorable for whatever reason the last couple of years. But Philadelphia just looks slow. I've said that since that early part of the season when Washington went there and got 31 on them and lost in overtime. I just think Philadelphia looks slow. They could not cover the 49ers. First of all, when they were in zone coverage, not nearly enough pass rush. When they were in man coverage, total mismatch across the board. I mean, they got nobody that can cover. This is a mismatch if we see this in the playoffs. Philly's defense against the 49er offense. Philly's defense is not that great. They've got really good interior defensive players. No, they got good players, a period, up front. I mean, Davis, Carter, um, uh, Cox, Graham, etc., Sweat. They've got good players up front. Their backers and their, their safeties in particular, they're not good enough, Denton. They're not good enough against the 49ers. I think the Cowboys have a chance to really – you know, they're a three-and-a-half-point favorite Sunday against the Eagles. That's at home in Dallas. Um, and Dallas picked them apart in Philly, too. Just couldn't finish enough. Philly's not as good. Their record was, but they're they're a totally different team defensively. And if you haven't noticed that all year, you had to notice it yesterday. The 49ers for three quarters put up 462 yards, 42 points. And after the first quarter, the rest of the way, they went eight for nine on third downs until they decided not to make a third down on their final drive. They averaged eight yards Per play, dominant. Uh, Offensively is the only way the Eagles have a chance against the 49ers in a rematch, or San Francisco loses, you know, quarterback one and quarterback two, like what happened last year. That was impressive. That had to be scary to the rest of the league. Um, They are offensively, I think, ahead of everybody else in the NFC. And really, I guess the only team league-wide that can claim an offense as explosive as theirs is the team that Washington faced yesterday, Miami. What did you think of it, Denton? You know, you had told me that uh, Philadelphia was slow, and I think the touchdown that we played with Debo Samuel was what I needed. I know Debo Debo Samuel is fast, obviously. There's no question about that. But there's a very big difference in being fast and holding off a defense versus physically running away from defenders. And on that touchdown, Debo Samuel legitimately left them in his dust. 
that to me was was very, very telling. Watching him physically run away from dudes in a way that we only see guys like Tyreek Hill and DK Metcalf do, that's when I knew. I was like, all right, you were right. This Philadelphia defense is slow. I think Olsen pointed out at one point during the game, you know, that they then, after they started to get shredded in zone, they tried to play man, and then that's when it really got awful. And and you can see when you are when you are kind of forced in some ways to play man because they're shredding zone and they're shredding it with you know everything, um, and then it's like oh my god it's so much worse they can't cover they cannot cover and that offensive line and all of the things that Kyle does. You know, you've got to get to the quarterback, and they couldn't get to the quarterback. I mean, they got to him a little bit early, and they stopped the run early. And then once they started to pick him apart through the air, all of a sudden the holes for McCaffrey, his vision and his feet are incredible. The 49ers had had, had that three-game losing skid without Trent Williams and without Debo Samuel. Trent Williams is so valuable. I don't know if, you know, apparently Ron didn't think so. Uh, and Debo is so important. Um, you know, they st- that game Christmas night between them and the Ravens, now that's in San Francisco. God, I wish that game were in Baltimore. I wish it were in Baltimore with cold weather. I'd want to see what the 49ers would do against that defense. But, man, that, you know, Christmas in football, I understand, but that Christmas night game, that could be a preview of the Super Bowl. I don't see the look. The 49ers still might have to go to Philadelphia, you know, because they, they could lose to the Ravens. They could potentially lose one more game. I don't see it happening, but Philadelphia might not lose again. I mean, it's going to have to probably be this weekend to Dallas. If not, they do play Seattle on a, on a Monday night the following week, but they finish with the Giants twice and the Cardinals. So you could still get San Francisco at Philly in the NFC title game. And if that's the case, the only way is Philadelphia to beat the 49ers with their offense against San Francisco's defense. They're going to have to score, and they're going to have to possess the ball because it's a mismatch on the other side of the ball. Philadelphia is not the same team defensively that they were last year. They just aren't. They've gotten a little bit older, and they are slow. All right, uh, let's go to where are we going next? We're going to Lambeau Field for Sunday Night Football. Love ducks in under center, straight eye formation. Chiefs at a blitz. Love bootlegs right, throws the end zone. Touchdown! Touchdown to the rookie free agent Ben Sims. His first career touchdown. The touchdown pass that he threw to Watson. Um, after they went for a fourth down, and he threw this bomb to to uh, Romeo Dobbs, and somehow it was caught. Jordan Love and the Packers are rolling now. We talked about this. I, I told you Friday, Packers were part of the smell test. I thought they had a chance to win the game outright. They've won three in a row over the Chargers, the Lions on Thanksgiving Day, and now the Chiefs at Lambeau. They've won four of their uh, last five, including at the time we didn't know it, but they crushed the Rams um, at the beginning of November and totally shut them down defensively. Their only loss was to Pittsburgh on the road, and it was a winnable game. But how about Jordan Love? His last two games, all right, six touchdowns, no picks, 69% completion percentage, a QBR of 91.2 on Thanksgiving Day against Detroit, 
and 90.3 against the Chiefs last night. And here's the thing about the Packers. That was the key win for them. They're now 6-6. Six and six. Listen to the, their remaining schedule. The Giants, the Buccaneers at home, the Panthers, the Vikings on the road, and the Bears. It's possible they'll be favored in every game the rest of the way. The Packers now look like, to me, of the teams vying for spots six and seven in the NFC playoffs. If you assume clearly that the Philadelphia, that the, you know, Philadelphia Dallas second place team is going to be the five seed, you know, after the four division winners. And Detroit is going to win the division. They've got a three game lead over Green Bay with, you know, five to go. Uh, I mean, I guess it's possible Green Bay could catch Detroit, but I think Detroit's schedule the rest of the way isn't daunting either. So Green Bay is the favorite right now, Denton, to be a playoff team in the NFC and probably the sixth seed in the NFC with, you know, the Rams, Seahawks, probably Vikings maybe vying for that seventh seed. I was very impressed with Green Bay. I've been impressed with them defensively for a while now. Now, that game had some dramatics at the end. They missed an interference call on the Chiefs' final drive, but they also called a 15-yard roughing uh, play on a hit on Mahomes when he was in bounds. It was a horrendous, horrendous call. But uh, the Chiefs, they they don't look like the Chiefs either. You know, they are now 8-4 and with the Bills coming to Arrowhead Sunday, and it's becoming more likely now that Patrick Mahomes is going to have to play his first road playoff game of his career this year. Although, actually, as a division winner, Denton, they could play at home and lose, and then he wouldn't have to play on the road. (laughs) You know, that's possible as well. All right, let's go to Houston for a big wild card ramification uh, matchup in the AFC. Second and goal at the three, Stroud under center. Pierce the back, CJ fakes to give. He has a lot of time, throws left side of the end zone. Caught! Nico Collins, touchdown, Houston! Stroud yesterday, uh, he was not at his best. This was a game that was actually in many ways about the turnovers. Russell Wilson, who had not turned the ball over really at all, all season long, had three picks, uh, you know, a couple of them not necessarily his fault, and he still had Denver down there first and goal at the end of the game, uh, and under heavy pressure with no timeouts left, he put one up for grabs um, in the back of the end zone, and it was picked off, and Houston held on for a 22-17 to win. Uh, this was not Stroud's best game. Denver has been so much better defensively, you know, over the last six, seven weeks. The the longest win streak in the in the league yesterday was ended with the Houston win over Denver. Stroud they sacked Stroud five times in this game. He had a seventeen QBR uh, in the game. Um, but the key for Houston was they didn't give the ball away, and Denver gave it away three times. This is going to be one of those games that you know sort of plays out tiebreaker wise in the AFC uh, picture. A huge win for Houston. Look, they still have a chance in the division, technically, um, but they're really uh, in decent shape. Although the AFC is so bunched up for wild cards. Just so you guys know, thirteen of the sixteen AFC teams, thirteen of them are within two games 
or less of the uh, six and seven spot. Actually, the five, six, and seven spot in the AFC. It is going to be a crazy race to the playoffs in the AFC. Um, all right, let's get one more in here. This was Rams Browns. Uh, with the Rams all of a sudden playing well, and Joe Flacco at quarterback for Cleveland. Stafford under center. He's passed for three touchdowns today. Opens up, hands to Williams over the left side. He punches it in to cement LA's third straight win. Yeah, three straight wins for the Rams, uh, including the Browns defense, which has been awesome, certainly at home, has not necessarily been awesome at times on the road. And the Rams rolled up some offense against Cleveland yesterday. 400 yards, 36 points in the game. Uh, There were a couple of short fields for them, uh, for sure. Uh, But they win 36-19. This game was much closer. Um, Cleveland had a chance. They scored a touchdown in the fourth quarter. Hopkins missed an extra point to tie it at 20. And then they had the ball back and Flacco, who had been outstanding all day long, threw a pick, and it was all downhill after that. The Rams very much in contention in the NFC with some weapons and Matt Stafford playing at a pretty high level right now. All right, we'll finish up with a couple of thoughts on Washington when we come back. Kevin Sheehan, show the team 980. Capitals hockey there in action tonight on the road out in Arizona in Phoenix. They're taking on the Coyotes. Puck drop is at 9 p.m. You can hear pregame at 8.45 on our sister station, 106.7. The fan history made in the college football playoff. Not good if you're a Florida State fan. They become the first ever unbeaten Power 5 conference champ to be left out of the college football playoff. Ranked number five with Alabama grabbing the final spot in this year's top four. And that's what's trending. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. All right, so by week this week, so we don't have to partake in what we partook in yesterday, at least this coming weekend. And then, 
you know, four games left. Washington has one of the latest bye weeks. They had a, a kind of a similar bye week last uh, year in between those two giant games. And when they come back, two road games against the Rams and the Jets, uh, 49ers and Cowboys to finish it up. And like Ben said, and I completely agree with him, uh, they are in good position here. And the rooting should be understanding. Look, this would not be the charge if this was a team that was, you know, the team you were going to see largely next year as well. Uh, But it's not. There's going to be a complete regime change. There's going to be, I think, significant turnover in the roster with the amount of cap space that they have. Uh, second most in the league right now. It's $90 million. Could go to $100 million, uh, with uh, some offseason uh, non-signings of, of players or moving away from players, waiving players um, for cap savings uh, purposes. It's still, to me, an attractive opportunity for a GM and a head coach because of the draft choices, because of the amount of cap space. And it's just disappointing overall that a roster, and I'm only going to speak for myself, although I know many of you agreed with me, I thought last year at the end of the year they had a roster with the exception of offensive line linebacker and, of course, quarterback that was strong enough to, if you landed a couple of pieces in other places at quarterback specifically, to be a pretty good team, and it it wasn't true. Um, it just was not true at all. Uh, they don't even have the team that they set out to have, uh, not just because of injuries, but because of trades, obviously. And a lot of the players that, you know, I thought, especially on defense, were better, just have not played to that level. Disappointing year for John and for Duran in particular, who did not have a, a disappointing start to the year necessarily. Um, but the whole defense uh, of situation this year is the single biggest disappointment by far because uh, that's what you know I thought certainly would keep them competitive it's been horrible I mean they should have given up 45 it was you know compassion by Miami that kept that at 45 or less back tomorrow Chris Russell's up next You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.